when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches laugh large in the Stately plump bug bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Richard Barnett. Mr. Bloom unclasped his hands in a gesture of soft politeness and clasped them. Smith O'Brien, someone has laid a bunch of flowers there. Woman, must be his death day, for many happy returns. The carriage wheeling by Farrell's statue united noiselessly their unresisting knees. Oot, a dull-garbed man from the curbstone, tended his wares, his mouth opening. Oot, four bootlaces for a penny. Wonder why he was struck off the rolls. Had his office in Hume Street, same house as Molly's namesake. Tweedy, crown solicitor for Waterford. Has that silk hat ever since. Relics of old decency. Mourning, too. Terrible come down, poor wretch. Kicked about like snuff at a wake. O'Callaghan on his last legs. And Madame. Twenty past eleven. Up. Mrs Fleming is in to clean. Doing her hair, humming. Volio e non vorre. No. Vorre e non. Looking at the tips of her hairs to see if they are split. Mi trema un poco il. Beautiful on that tray, her voice is. Weeping tone. A thrust. A throstle. There is a word, throstle, that expressed that. His eyes passed lightly over Mr. Power's good-looking face. Greyish over the ears. Madame, smiling. I smiled back. A smile goes a long way. Only politeness, perhaps. Nice fellow. Who knows is that true about the woman he keeps? Not pleasant for the wife. Yet they say, who was it told me, there is no carnal. You would imagine that would get played out pretty quick. Yes, it was Crofton met him one evening, bringing her a pound of rump steak. What is this she was? Barmaid in juries? Or the Moira, was it? They passed under the huge cloaked liberator's form. Martin Cunningham nudged Mr. Power. Of the tribe of Reuben, he said. A tall, black-bearded figure, bent on a stick, stumping round the corner of Elvery's elephant house, showed them a curved hand, open on his spine. In all his pristine beauty, Mr. Power said. Mr. Daedalus looked after the stumping figure and said mildly, the devil break the hasp of your back. Mr. Power, collapsing in laughter, shaded his face from the window as the carriage passed Gray's statue. We have all been there, Mr. Cunningham said broadly. His eyes met Mr. Bloom's eyes. He caressed his beard, adding, well, nearly all of us. Mr. Bloom began to speak with sudden eagerness to his companions' faces. There's an awfully good one that's going the rounds about Reuben Jay and the sun. About the boatman? Mr. Power asked. Yes, isn't it awfully good? What is that? Mr. Daedalus asked. I didn't hear it. There was a girl in the case, Mr. Bloom began, and he determined to send him to the Isle of Man out of harm's way, but when they were both... What? Mr. Daedalus asked. That confirmed bloody hobbledehoy, is it? Yes, Mr. Bloom said. They were both on their way to the boat, and he tried to drown. Drowned Barabbas, Mr. Daedalus cried. I wish to Christ he did. Mr. Power sent a long laugh down his shaded nostrils. No, Mr. Bloom said. The son himself. 
Mr Cunningham thwarted his speech rudely. Reuben Jay and the son were piking it down the quay next to the river, on their way to the Isle of Manboat, and the young chiseler suddenly got loose and over the wall with him into the Liffey. "'For God's sake!' Mr Daedalus exclaimed in fright. "'Is he dead?' "'Dead!' Martin Cunningham cried. "'Not he! A boatman got a pole and fished him out by the slack of the britches, and he was landed up to the father on the quay, more dead than alive. Half the town was there.' "'Yes,' Mr Bloom said. "'But the funny part is... "'And Reuben Jay,' Martin Cunningham said, "'gave the boatman a florin for saving his son's life.' A stifled sigh came from under Mr Power's hand. Oh, he did, Mr Cunningham affirmed, like a hero, a silver florin. Isn't it awfully good, Mr Bloom said eagerly. One and eightpence too much, Mr Daedalus said dryly. Mr Power's choked laugh burst quietly in the carriage. Nelson's pillar. Eight plums a penny, eight for a penny. We had better look a little serious, Martin Cunningham said. Mr Daedalus sighed. And then indeed, he said, poor little Paddy wouldn't grudge us a laugh. Many a good one, he told himself. The Lord forgive me, Mr Power said, wiping his wet eyes with his fingers. Poor Paddy. I little thought a week ago when I saw him last, and he was in his usual health, that I'd be driving after him like this. He's gone from us. As decent a little man as ever wore a hat, Mr Daedalus said. He went very suddenly. Breakdown, Martin Cunningham said. Heart. He tapped his chest sadly. Blazing face, red hot, too much John Barleycorn. Cure for a red nose, drink like the devil till it turns to Adelite. A lot of money he spent colouring it. Mr Power gazed at the passing houses with rueful apprehension. He had a sudden death, poor fellow, he said. The best death, Mr Bloom said. Their wide open eyes looked at him. No suffering, he said. A moment and all is over like dying in sleep. No one spoke. Dead side of the street, this. Dull business by day. Land agents, temperance hotel, Falconer's railway guide, civil service college, gills, Catholic club, the industrious blind. Why? Some reason. Sun or wind. At night, too. Chummies and slavies, under the patronage of the late Father Matthew. Foundation stone for Parnell. Breakdown. Heart. White horses with white frontlet plumes came round the rotunda corner, galloping. A tiny coffin flashed by, in a hurry to bury. A mourning coach, unmarried. Black for the married, piebald for bachelors, done for a nun. Sad, Martin Cunningham said, a child. A dwarf's face, mauve and wrinkled like little rubies was. Dwarf's body, weak as putty in a white-lined deal box. Burial friendly society pays. Penny a week for a sod of turf. Our little beggar baby. Meant nothing. Mistake of nature. If it's healthy, it's from the mother. If not, the man. Better luck next time. Poor little thing, Mr Daedalus said. It's well out of it. The carriage climbed more slowly the hill of Rutland Square. Rattle his bones over the stones. Only a pauper. Nobody owns. In the midst of life, Martin Cunningham said. But the worst of all, Mr Power said, is the man who takes his own life. Martin Cunningham drew out his watch briskly, coughed and put it back. The greatest disgrace to have in the family, Mr Power added. Temporary insanity, of course, Martin Cunningham said decisively. We must take a charitable view of it. They say a man who does it is a coward, 
Mr Daedalus said. It is not for us to judge, Martin Cunningham said. Mr Bloom, about to speak, closed his lips again. Martin Cunningham's large eyes, looking away now, sympathetic human man he is, intelligent, like Shakespeare's face, always a good word to say. They have no mercy on that here, or infanticide. Refuse Christian burial. They used to drive a stake of wood through his heart in the grave, as if it wasn't broken already. Yet sometimes they repent too late, found in the riverbed clutching rushes. He looked at me, and that awful drunkard of a wife of his, setting up house for her time after time, and then pawning the furniture on him every Saturday almost, leading him the life of the damned. Wear the heart out of a stone, that. Monday morning, start afresh, shoulder to the wheel. Lord, she must have looked a sight that night. Daedalus told me he was in there. Drunk about the place and capering with Martin's umbrella. And they call me the jewel of Asia, of Asia, the geisha. He looked away from me. He knows. Rattle his bones. That afternoon of the inquest, the red-labelled bottle on the table, the room in the hotel with hunting pictures, stuffy it was. Sunlight through the slats of the Venetian blinds. The coroner's ears, big and hairy. Boots giving evidence. Thought he was asleep at first. Then saw like yellow streaks on his face, had slipped down to the foot of the bed. Verdict. Overdose. Death by misadventure. The letter for my son Leopold. No more pain. Wake no more. Nobody owns. The carriage rattled swiftly along Blessington Street, over the stones. We are going the pace, I think, Martin Cunningham said. God grant he doesn't upset us on the road, Mr Power said. I hope not, Martin Cunningham said. That'll be a great race tomorrow in Germany, the Gordon Bennett. Yes, by Jove, Mr Daedalus said, that'll be worth seeing, Faith. As they turned into Berkeley Street, a street organ near the basin sent over and after them a rollicking, rattling song of the halls. Has anybody here seen Kelly? K-E-L-L-Y? Dead March from Saul. He's as bad as old Antonio. He left me on my ownio. Pirouette. The Mater Misericordiae. Eccles Street. My house down there. Big place. Ward for incurables there. Very encouraging. Our Lady's Hospice for the Dying. Dead house. Handy underneath where old Mrs Reardon died. They looked terrible, the women. Her feeding cup and rubbing her mouth with the spoon, then the screen round her bed for her to die. Nice young student that was, dressed the bite the bee gave me. He's gone over to the lying-in hospital, they told me, from one extreme to the other. The carriage galloped round a corner, stopped. What's wrong now? A divided drove of branded cattle passed the windows, lowing, slouching by on padded hooves, whisking their tails slowly on their clotted bony croups. Outside of them and through them ran rattled sheep, bleating their fear. Emigrants, Mr Power said. Ha! the drover's voice cried, his switch sounding on their flanks. Ha! out of that! Thursday, of course. Tomorrow is killing day. Springers. Cuff sold them about 27 quid each. For Liverpool, probably. Roast beef for old England. They buy up all the juicy ones. And then the fifth quarter is lost. All that raw stuff. Hide. Hair. Horns. Comes to a big thing in a year. Dead meat trade. Byproducts of the slaughterhouses for tanneries. Soap. Margarine. Wonder if that dodge works now, getting dicky meat off the train at Clonsilla. 
The carriage moved on through the drove. I can't make out why the corporation doesn't run a tram line from the park gate to the quays, Mr Bloom said. All those animals could be taken in trucks down to the boats. Instead of blocking up the thoroughfare, Martin Cunningham said. Quite right, they ought to. Yes, Mr Bloom said. And another thing I often thought is to have municipal funeral trams like they have in Milan, you know. Run the line out to the cemetery gates and have special trams, hearse and carriage and all. Don't you see what I mean? Oh, that be damned for a story, Mr Daedalus said. Pullman car and saloon dining room. A poor lookout for Corny, Mr Power added. Why, Mr Bloom asked, turning to Mr Daedalus. Wouldn't it be more decent than galloping two abreast? Well, there's something in that, Mr Daedalus granted. And, Martin Cunningham said, we wouldn't have scenes like that when the hearse capsized round Dunphy's and upset the coffin onto the road. That was terrible, Mr Power's shocked face said, and the corpse fell about the road. Terrible. First round Dunphy's, Mr Daedalus said, nodding. Gordon Bennett Cup. Praises be to God, Martin Cunningham said piously. Bomb. Upset. A coffin bumped out onto the road, burst open. Paddy Dignam shot out and rolling over stiff in the dust in a brown habit too large for him. Red face, grey now. Mouth fallen open, asking what's up now. Quite right to close it. Looks horrid open. Then the insides decompose quickly. Much better to close up all the orifices. Yes, also. With wax. The sphincter loose. Seal up all. Dunphy's, Mr Power announced as the carriage turned right. Dunphy's corner. Morning coaches drawn up outside, drowning their grief. A pause by the wayside. Tip-top position for a pub. Expect we'll pull up here on the way back to drink his health. Pass round the consolation. Elixir of life. But suppose now it did happen. Would he bleed if a nail, say, cut him in the knocking about? He would and he wouldn't, I suppose. Depends on where. The circulation stops. Still, some might ooze out of an artery. It would be better to bury them in red. A dark red. In silence they drove along Fibsborough Road. An empty hearse trotted by, coming from the cemetery. Looks relieved. Crossguns Bridge, the Royal Canal. Water rushed roaring through the sluices. A man stood on his dropping barge between clamps of turf. On the towpath by the lock, a slack-tethered horse. Aboard of the bugaboo. Their eyes watched him. On the slow, weedy waterway he had floated on his raft coastward over Ireland, drawn by a haulage rope past beds of reeds over slime, mud-choked bottles, carrion dogs, Athlone, Mullingar, Moy Valley. I could make a walking tour to see Millie by the canal, or cycle down, hire some old crock, safety. Wren had one the other day at the auction, but a lady's. Developing waterways. James McCann's hobby to Romeo the ferry. Cheaper transit by easy stages. Houseboats camping out, also hearses. To heaven by water. Perhaps I will, without writing. Come as a surprise. Lexlip, Clonsilla. Dropping down lock by lock to Dublin, with turf from the Midland bogs. Salute. He lifted his brown straw hat, saluting Paddy Dignam. <laughs>